Hey, Anchor family, welcome to our podcast. We wanted to thank you for listening today. We pray this message encourages you, that it inspires you, pray it builds your faith and brings you hope. Enjoy the message. Romans chapter 15, verse 12 through 13. It says this in 12. Again, Isaiah says, There shall come the root of Jesse, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope. Verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you would speak to us through your word, that we would hear from you today, and that we would leave here encouraged and full of hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together and you can be seated. A couple months back, actually it was October to be exact, my son, Micah, was aware that his birthday was coming. And as soon as his birthday was about a month away, he reminded us, hey, next month it's my birthday. We said, we know, we know. He's like, I'm just making sure that you know. We know. Day or two later, hey, Dad. So I was thinking for my birthday this year, there's some things I want, and I just, I think if we, if we talk about it now, then when you order it, it'll be here in time for my birthday, because I think if I order it now and it gets here by the time it's my birthday, I think it'd be cool because I could show all of my friends what I got on my birthday. I said, okay, that's cool, you know. Tell me what you're looking for. He says, well, I have a list. Now, let me tell you about my son, Micah. Don't tell him that you will get him something because he will obsess over what is it that I want to tell you that I want you to get me. My family has this little Christmas gift exchange. And for two weeks, he obsessed over how do I make this list and who do I give it to? Do I include links Tabs, what do I do? So Micah, just give me the list. It's no big deal. Well, this is the same guy who two months earlier was asking me about his birthday present. I said, okay, ma'am, what is it that you want? He said, I would love a lightsaber. I would love a lightsaber. Any Star Wars fans in here? Okay. <laughs> Micah loves lightsabers. And he said to me, I would love a lightsaber, and I, will, I don't just want any lightsaber I would love a lightsaber that I can duel with and fight with. And I have, you know, I've heard of these things. I've seen them. The year before, we were, we went to, we were able to go to Disney, and he was obsessing over, can I go to Epcot so that I can make a lightsaber? And I remember I felt awful because I couldn't take him, and we didn't have enough time at Disney for him to make a lightsaber. So for a year now, he has been waiting for the moment to ask me for a lightsaber. Finally, he says, okay. 
this is my time. Dad, I want a lightsaber. And we do that. We figure out what kind of lightsaber he wants. We find this great place that sells lightsabers, really, really nice lightsabers. The issue is they ship them from China. Now, they ship them from China. Normally, that wouldn't be an issue. But, but tracking these things is very difficult. Now, you get on Amazon, you order a little candle, you order some stuff, you know, a little T-shirt or something off Amazon, you get an email that tells you immediately your tracking number. You take that tracking number, you put it into USPS, and you know your anticipated delivery date. It doesn't work that way with things that come from China. They say it might come in this window, but we don't know. It depends. And I remember he struggled so much accepting the fact that he did not know when his present was going to arrive. The minute we put in the order, the very next day, hey, Dad, did you get an email? Hey, Dad, what did the email say? Does it have a phone number? And can we call them to find out when it shipped? Well, when I made the mistake of telling him that I can get text message, um, text message updates every five minutes. Did you get a text message? Dad, what did the text message say? And so for a, for a solid three weeks, I was giving him these, these updates that didn't make no sense. Because if you don't know, China is on the other side of the world. Their dates are different than ours. It says it's shipped one day, but it's a day ahead of us. It doesn't Makes sense when it's telling you it's going to come. And he was having a difficult time. It was really difficult for him as he was anticipating the coming of this gift. Now, when he came, it was late. It didn't make it on his birthday. But he loved it. And he enjoyed it so much. He did break one of them um, a couple days into it. He broke one. We, got, we said, what's, what's the point of getting a dueling saber if you can't duel? So we got one for his brother so they could fight. And it's been some pretty epic stuff in the backyard. Like the lights are out. We put some Star Wars music on, and they're back there dueling it out. And it's pretty cool. Maybe I'll send a video, and y'all can all watch it. It'll be fun. But he was struggling because he did not know how to handle the anticipation of when it's going to arrive. And I could tell that when it arrived, to him, it was the most incredible thing he had ever experienced because he had a lot of anticipation for it. This season that we're in, this Advent season, that's exactly what Advent is. Advent is a season of anticipation. It's where the church celebrates the, the, the coming of Jesus when he was born. And we spend about four weeks excitedly celebrating the fact that we get to celebrate that Jesus is coming. That's what Advent is. Advent is, is taking the time to celebrate what is coming. And that coming has already come 2,000 years ago in a manger. What we do during Advent is we take the time every week to focus in on one of the things that come with knowing Jesus, one of the gifts that he gives us. And the very first week is hope. It's one of the four subjects that are talked about during Advent. The first week is always hope. And one of the things I want to start you off with as we go into this holiday season is that well, you and I, we have something very great that he wants to give us. And that is a steadfast and sure hope. A hope that the Bible says is unshakable. 
a hope that we can put our faith in when everything else fails. And that hope only comes from Jesus. And that is like a gift for you and me. Jesus is the ultimate gift, but then with Jesus come all these other things. And one of those things is hope. And I'm hoping, no pun intended, that you and I can take this time this season to live in anticipation about what Jesus can do in our lives. If you're here and you lack hope or you need help or you need something from Jesus, it's coming. That's what I would tell Micah every day. Hey, man, it's coming. It's on the way. I don't know when it's coming, but I know it's on the way. Here's where I can tell you confidently, it's coming. That peace that you need, it's coming. That hope that you're searching for, it's coming. And all of it is because of the greatest gift that we could ever get, and that is this baby named Jesus. The Bible tells us in Romans, as Paul is talking to the Roman church, he is talking to them about a hope that I believe is the kind of hope that the church needs today. He says this in Romans chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. He says, and Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse, and he who arises to rule over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Now, Isaiah was a prophet, and he was prophesying about the coming of Jesus at his birth. At the time that Paul is writing this to the Roman church, Jesus had already come. That prophecy had already been fulfilled. So what he is telling those people in the church in Rome is that the prophecy that Isaiah talked about when it comes to us having a hope has already been fulfilled. He says, you and I, because we're in this world and we are Gentiles, we're not Jews, we have the ability to hope in something that has already been come and has come true. He says, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Here is up front a reason that you and I can have hope, and that is that God fulfills his promises. In Isaiah, he told them, the root of Jesse will come, and he who arises will rule over the Gentiles. In him, the Gentiles hope. That root of Jesse is Jesus. And what he is telling the Roman church and what I'm telling you now is the hope that we are in need of has already come. There is nothing in the future that we need to look forward to that is more fulfilling than Jesus. There is nothing that you and I need more desperately in the future that hasn't already come for us and made itself available in Jesus. Jesus has come. And this is why we celebrate this season. We celebrate knowing that the fulfillment of God's promises for us are possible. Now, I don't know if you believe that. I can tell because you're very quiet. But this prophecy, Paul is saying to all of us who are not Jews, you and I, all of us, we get to have hope because God fulfills his promises. And maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you struggle with that. But God, Paul says, fulfills his promises. And because of that, you and I, we can have hope. And so in this season of Advent, we can anticipate 
and wait for eagerly the fulfillment of the hope that we need. And, and honestly, right now, we're in this tension. We're in this tension because Advent means arrival. And if we're honest, Jesus has already come. He's already arrived. But we're in the middle waiting for him to come back. So today, for us to be able to find hope, we have to look back in remembrance and celebrate this season, the fact that he's coming, and then look forward in anticipation the fact that he's coming again. And in that, we get to find hope. So Paul says, you and I, we have hope because the promise that was made was a promise that was kept. Then he says in verse 13, this is where we're going to stay, one verse and one verse only. Micah said, tell people you're preaching for 40 minutes and not 20, because every time you say 20, you go 40. It's my son. So I'm going to tell you I'm going 30, hoping that I go 20. I think Josh told me today, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, under promise and over deliver, Ralph. Do that. So I'm going to preach for about 30 minutes, one verse, and I promise you will be out of here. Paul continues and he says this, now. Verse 13, he starts off with now. So you have to understand, we can't get into 13 and embrace the promises that 13 have unless we start with, again, the reality found in verse 12. And the reality is that the promise of Jesus coming had taken place, and we serve a God who's a promise maker. We can't even look into 13 unless you believe that God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. So verse 13, he says, now that you have come to believe this, we can move into the next stage. So I'm hoping that today we can start with God makes promises and he fulfills them. He doesn't break them. Because with that honest truth that we get to take in, then we can move into verse 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, now may the God of hope fill you. This scripture is very important for you because if you don't see it, you'll miss it. He says, now may the God of hope fill you. Meaning there's options. Now may the God of hope. We believe he can, but will he? Now when you look at the scripture, you'll say, wait a minute, I thought he fulfills his promises. I thought he'll do what he says he's going to do. Now Paul is saying, now, I'm hoping that he may do this for you. This is because what Paul is about to show us is that what we are in need of, we actually play a part in receiving. What you are looking for, you actually have responsibility in to receive. You're not hearing me. He's saying, as I, as I reveal this to you, you play a part. Now, may the God of hope fill you. Here's the funny thing when I read this scripture. What Paul is saying to these people 
is, I know that you're not full. What Paul is saying is, I know that you're experiencing a level of emptiness. Or else why would Paul say, may God, the God of hope, fill you? You can't fill what's already full. And so what Paul is saying is, I know that you are not full. You're feeling a sense of emptiness. And in that emptiness, there is a filler, and his name is God. You're not hearing me. In your emptiness, the Bible says, you have access to someone who can fill you up. Now listen, when I was at a restaurant recently, um, I was uh, drinking out of my cup, and I saw my, my server coming, and I thought this is the perfect time to let him know that my cup is empty. And so what I did was I made sure to drink everything left in my cup and at the same time shake it a little bit so that he could hear my ice going everywhere so that he would get the hint that my cup isn't full. Here's the reality. You and I have to get to the place where we realize I'm kind of empty. We can't be blind to what's really happening inside. And so many of us, we do our very best to cover up what's happening inside with a really nice outside and external posture and position. What I've realized is when I go to restaurants and they ask me, do you want a glass that is made out of glass or do you want a paper cup? I always say, I want a glass that's made out of glass so that my server can see that I'm not full. Because if I have a paper cup, I'm always going to have to ask him to refill my cup. Here's the reality. You and me, we have a God who's able to fill us. He's able to fill us with what we need. But there is a part that we play. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. I like this title that Paul is giving God. May the God of hope. What does this mean, God of hope? What does hope mean? I think if I were to ask every one of you what is the definition of hope, I think we'd get 20 different answers. Actually, what hope means biblically is the ability to wait because you're anticipating something better. That is a watered-down version of the biblical words for hope, the ability to wait. I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. And yet we use this word hope over and over and over. Having hope means that we have the ability to wait because we're trusting that God is going to do something good, that God is going to do something better for us. So what he's saying here is, this God is the God of hope, the God of being able to wait. He's the God that we can trust in no matter how difficult it is and have the ability to wait. Now, may the God of hope, what does this mean? It means that it is God who provides hope. God is providing hope. God, actually, what it says here, 
is the source and supplier of hope. Don't miss it. Now may the God of hope fill you. He is the source and the supplier because it says he will fill you. When it says that he is the source and the supply, what he is trying to say right there is that what you are looking to to give you hope won't do what God can do because he is the source of hope. He is the source of it. Now may the God of hope fill you. He is the only source, and he is the only supply of hope. And I wonder if you've ever felt hopeless at times. I wonder if in your life you've gone through moments where you feel a little bit hopeless. I wonder where you go for your source of hope. He says here, God will fill you, the God of hope. You and I have to be careful in this holiday season in what we put our trust in to give us the ability to have hope. What are you putting your hopes in today? He says, now may the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and peace. Fill you with all joy and peace. When I read this scripture, I take a step back. I take a step back because what he's saying is, is you need to be filled with joy and peace, but you can't have it unless you have hope. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Meaning what he's filling us with is joy and peace. But we don't get joy and peace unless we first learn to hope. This God that supplies us this joy and this peace only comes if you and I can have hope in him. Here's the reality about the peace and the joy that you and I seek. It can't come unless we trust God. None of it. If you ever wonder why you're feeling a little bit hopeless, it all stems on whether or not you have your hope in him. All of it comes on whether or not you actually can hope in him. Now, Hoping in what is the question? What am I hoping in when I hope in God? Now, most of us, we have hope, but it sounds a little bit different than I hope in God. It sounds like if I can get this job, if I can make this money, if I can get married, if I can buy this thing, if I can make this investment, all of my problems will go away. Those are probabilities. If I do this, maybe this will happen. I hope I get this, and if I do that, I will get this joy that I have. We have put our hope in probabilities and not promises. The probabilities, if we make this investment, if we do this thing, then maybe we will find joy and peace. And yet the Bible says that our hope is not built on probabilities, but on his promises. And so what God is telling us through this scripture is that you and I, we have the ability to be full with joy and peace, but it cannot come unless we have hope in him. He fills us with all joy and peace. Those words right there, they mean something. 
all joy and peace. These are not emotions. It doesn't say happiness. It says joy. Peace is something that happens in your soul. So what he is saying here is that God wants to fill you with with conditions of your soul and not emotions. He says, God doesn't want to make you have a more cheerful personality. He doesn't want you to be happy. Actually, what he wants to do in you is he wants to give you joy and peace. And joy and peace are fruits of the Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians that there are fruits of the Spirit, meaning evidence that the Spirit is living in you. That are fruit. If you've ever been to an orchard or seen a tree with fruit on it, you know what kind of tree it is based on the fruit that you see. Unless you go to my dad's backyard, he mixes things, and he mixes a lemon with an orange, and he thinks he's cool, and it's the worst tasting fruit I've ever had. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is God is saying through this scripture, I want to fill you not with new characteristics that make you seem like a happier person, but I want to fill you with the kind of peace and joy that will show itself in your life. People around you will know this person has joy. People around you will know this person has peace. What he's saying is I want you to have the fruit of the Spirit in you in such a way that everyone around you will know. And it is possible if you have hope in God. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. This is all something that we can have in our lives. Joy and peace. When I think of peace, I kind of get nervous. Because I'm never at peace. My mind is always running. I'm always anxious. I'm always worried. And yet the Bible says that God can fill us with joy and peace. I used to think that peace was having everything that I wanted. I used to think that peace was when I asked God for something, I received it. What I've realized is that peace is not satisfaction, it's settlement. Peace is not satisfaction of my soul. I got what I wanted. It's the settlement of my soul. I can't be moved. I can't be moved. My soul is stable no matter what comes at me. And if we're honest, you and I, what we're searching for to give us peace is not settlement. It's satisfaction. I want to have this kind of bank account. I want to have this kind of house. I want to experience this kind of home. He says you can't have real peace if you don't learn to be settled. You have to be settled. It doesn't matter what comes. That's what God offers you. To fill you with peace, that means your soul is settled no matter what happens. No matter how difficult it is. He says if you trust in God's promises... If you trust in his promises and not the probabilities that this world wants to offer you with a better life or more income, but if you trust his promises that he will come through 
for a better tomorrow for you, then God will fill you. He'll fill you when you start having this hope in him with joy and peace. The kind of peace that can only come when your soul is settled, it's stable, it's unmoved because you believe that God will fulfill all of the things that you're hoping for. So if you ever feel a little bit of unsettling in your life, it's because you're not full of joy and peace. And it's probably because you haven't hoped in him. In this season, we want to have hope. If you don't want to feel so back and forth and discombobulated with the way things happen, it's because maybe you've put your hope in the wrong thing. And because you've put your hope in the wrong thing, your soul isn't settled because those things that you've put your hope in are temporal and they can't fulfill you and they can't fully satisfy the only thing is the immovable God that we believe in. So the Bible tells us he will fill you with joy and peace in believing. Wait a minute. How do we get this joy and peace and hope? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Here's how you get it. You got to start believing. You got to start putting your trust in him. You got to start trusting him to fulfill his promises for you. I'm going to I'm going to just play devil's advocate. I know. I know that it's hard to trust him. I know that it's hard to trust him when things don't go the way you want them to go. I know that it's hard to trust him when the thing that you trusted him with hasn't been resolved yet. I know that it's hard to trust him when you still feel sad every day. I know it's hard to trust him when you've been praying and praying and praying and nothing has changed. I know that it's hard to trust him whenever you've given everything you can and you feel like you still haven't given enough. He says, all of this is accessible if you believe. So how can we get joy and peace this season? How can we be filled with joy and immovable peace? And how can we get the hope that we need in this believing? Believing, putting our trust in him gets us all of these things. Now, it sounds simple because it is. We don't want to complicate things and make it sound like it's impossible to have this. But it's actually possible. And then he goes into something here that I feel is wonderful. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I believe and so these things are access so that. So that. There is a reason that this is available to you. He says, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that you will abound. That word abound is kind of tricky. The word abound actually means to exist in a large amount. That's what abound means. He says God wants to fill you with joy and peace 
when you believe so that you will abound in hope. Notice, it starts with hope, now may the God of hope, and then it ends with so that you may abound in hope. It's bookends. He's trying to teach us that it starts with hope and it ends with hope. And what he's teaching here is that you and I, we're in a cycle. Do you notice it? If you have hope, then you can be filled with joy. Then you can be filled with peace so that then you can have abounding hope, which then results in joy, which then results in peace, which then results in hope. He's saying you can have an end. That's why it's called abounding. Endless amounts of hope for no matter how difficult the circumstance is. He says you can have the kind of hope that exists in large amount. Here's what I want to end. I told you I was only going to go a couple minutes. We're ending. Here we go. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear it. Benji, why don't you come up here and play a little piano so they can believe me. I want you to hear this. Remember I said earlier that God is the source and the supplier of hope. Did you hear that? He is the source and the supplier. If he is the source and supplier of hope, he is also the source and supplier of the things that come from that hope, which is joy and peace. We've settled that. Okay. The good news, you need to hear this. The good news about the one who supplies hope is that he has an abundant supply of it. I want you to just hear this for a second. The good news about the one who supplies hope is that he has an abundant supply of hope. He says, so that you will abound in hope. Again, the word abound means existing in a large quantity or amount. So here's what I'll say to you. If we can abound in hope, it means that we can exist with an amount of hope that is infinite. And the only way that that is possible is because our God has an abundant supply of hope for all of his children. The good news for you and me today is that each of us, we have access to an infinite supply of hope. We can abound in it. We can overflow with it. He says, there is an abounding possibility for you to have hope in your life. If you're feeling hopeless, there is an answer. If the situation is too difficult and you feel like there's no hope, oh, there is. It's found in the God of hope who will give you joy and peace if you believe so that you can abound. I don't want you to miss this. He says it's abounding, it's more. Yesterday, was it yesterday or the day before, I bought cookies for my kids. I bought a pack of 12. I have five kids. 12 goes fast. I baked these cookies. I handed each of them one, and I started working out in my head, what do I do? Because I want some cookies. If I take a couple cookies, I mean, I paid for these cookies. If I take two cookies, maybe three, that five, Turns to eight, which then leaves how many cookies? Four. I had to do math. How do I give 
my kids cookies when I have only a leftover four? Made this incredible, like, this moment in my life where I just like, I'll just cut them in half. I'll take these cookies and I'm gonna do, I'm gonna cut them in half. I was rationing them out. I was like, all right, I got four, but magically I actually have eight because I'm cutting them in half. And so what I did is, is I took the other halves and I went to every single one of them. Here's one, here's one, here's one, and everyone got a half. And magically there was still three left over and I could take those, which means another cookie and a half, one and a half cookies, which means I ate like five cookies, but it's all good. It's the holiday season. Here's what I want you to understand. This scripture says that if you would just believe in him, if you would just trust him to fulfill his promises and stop trusting the probabilities of your business decisions or investments or the things, if you would just trust him, then joy and peace will come and then hope will overflow in abundance. But hey, it's better than that. I realized that I have five kids. And because I have five kids, I didn't have enough for my kids. The good news is God has children too. And if you believe in him, you're his child. And this scripture is telling us he has enough. This scripture is, here's the good news. The good news is God has hope for us and it's not rationed out. He doesn't say, just take this little piece and hey, you take this little piece and hey, you take this little piece. No, but this scripture says he can lavish it on you. It's an abundant supply provided for you and me. He has more hope to give you than you and I even have an imagine a nation to understand. He says, I am both the source and the supply, and the good news is that my supply is so abundant that you'll have everything you could ever want as long as you hope in me. You and I, we don't serve a God who rations out hope. He doesn't cut the cookie and give you half. He can pour out hope into your life today to a place of abundance if you would just trust in him. When you're lacking or you're in need, he says to you, I've got it. I've got it, and I've got more than you could ever imagine. I've got what you need. I have more than enough for all of my children. He is the source and the supply, and he can fill you to overflowing. And that's the hope that we have, that we can trust him and that we can receive this. And that you and I, we can believe and be filled because we're not full. I know you're not. You can have that peace. And you can have that joy. If you would just hope in him. And then you'll see your life. Just going around in the cycle of God's hope for you. That you would abound in hope for the rest of verse 13. By the power of of the Holy Spirit. You and I have access 
to something very powerful, and that's hope. And you and I, we can, we can get through this life if we trust him to fulfill his promises. Whatever that promise might be, what are his promises? To never leave you or forsake you? To provide for you when you're in need? To heal your broken heart? To give you a hope and a future? To help you get past the traumatic things that have happened in your life? To richly provide from heaven for you and your needs? To forgive all of your sins? To save you? to seat you in heavenly places because of that we can have hope because of what Jesus did we lack nothing we have access to the God of hope and we can overflow in it from here until he comes again I hope that today you would start believing in him I hope that today you would start trusting in him for those things because he has it available and you and I, we can take it home with us. Come on, put your hands together. Stand up. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and listening to this message. We trust that God will use this to speak to you and meet you where you are. Thank you so much for supporting this church through listening to us on Spotify. You can continue to stay connected with us to be in the know about what's happening here at The Anchor by following us on Facebook and Instagram at HTX. If you'd like to begin partnering with us financially, we invite you to visit our site at youranchor.org give. It's because of you and your generosity that we can reach the lost and deliver the hope of Jesus to people around the world. So we thank you. Anchor family, we love you. We are praying for you. And we will see you next week.